And hello, movie lovers. And today I have Crichton Hobbs with me. We're going to be doing a little bit of movie news. We actually have, should we be excited about the Daredevil reboot series? We also have some other movie news. So go ahead, go over to Spotify, go over to wherever you guys get your podcast from, and just rate me over there. Tell us what you think about Movie Lover Unite. And with further ado, let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, Crichton. How you doing? Hi. Hey, how's everyone, how's everybody doing out there in YouTube land? <laughs> I'm hoping that they're doing great. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyways, man, welcome to the show. We actually did our uh, Ozark review last week. Well, about two yeah. or three weeks ago, we did our Ozark review. Yeah. But now, here we are again, and we're actually going to be talking about, should we be excited about the Daredevil reboot series? This is a question that has remained with me since yesterday it's like as soon as they announced it i'm like should i be excited because or should i not be excited because at first i'm like i want to be excited with everybody but i'm seeing everybody react in the comment section about oh this is a great idea i'm excited for it things like that but me on the other hand (laughs) right and then i'm like i want to be excited but i can't because i'm like okay what is the tone for this for this TV right. series, is this going to match up to what Netflix is doing? Is this going to be a fram- family uh, friendly atmosphere than what we were used to? Because we already saw that uh, Kingpin is clearly different from the Netflix version that we got, and mm-hmm. then we, of course, we have Charlie Cox showing up in Spider Man No Way Home, which only suspects yeah. you know that they are in fact going to be having uh, Daredevil in the MCU. But yeah. it makes some things questionable. And I just wanted some context, and I'll let you get on with your thoughts, mm-hmm. though, too, Crichton. But um, IGN actually reported this. And, you know, a Daredevil reboot is reportedly set to enter production and will apparently be a Disney Plus MCU series. The latest issue of Production Weekly, which provides listings of pre production or in production projects for film professionals, include a section for a show simply referred to as Daredevil Reboot. The show is listed as a Disney Plus series currently in development with head of Marvel Studios Kevin Feige and Chris Gray. Marvel's Behind the Mask mentioned as producers. No timing is given for when the show would begin production, however, nor which actors would be involved. The listing also includes a synopsis for the show, but this appears to be based on descriptions of the Netflix series. So basically everything is hushed, of course. We already knew that Charlie Cox will be returning to play, like I mentioned, whenever he returned from Matt Murdock, uh, Daredevil in the MCU, but it hasn't been clear on what kind of project that character would appear. One major question is, what kind of reboot this would be? Should it become a finished project? Matt Murdock's cameo appearance in Spider-Man Away No Home didn't even give much away, but did show a character who looked and acted extremely similar to the Daredevil we saw not on Netflix. With that in mind, this could be more of a reboot uh, in the sense of firmly tying the show into the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, with the multiverse now firmly in play, it's possible. This could be more drastic reboot, altering the character's backstory in some way. Hmm. So there you go. All right. So let me just say this. <clears throat> for I will speak for most people that love Charlie Cox. This right here, John, are, can you see this? This yeah. is my money. Take it. Just take okay. my money. Take it. Because okay. I want Charlie Cox uh, as Daredevil. You had me right at there. 
that's that's I was like, take my money, Disney. I just right. and now will it be more uh, family friendly? Honestly, it's one of those where Disney is so tight lipped. Usually, they don't have uh, loose lips because, well, when you work on a show, their shows they make you sign not only NDAs. <laughs> non-disclosure agreements but it's like you talk you get sued and you'll never work at Disney so they don't talk at all but I, I think with all of the great minds like Kevin Foggy right and um, all the other people that are that have made successful Marvel Disney shows I don't think that they're going to let this show be a screw the pooch kind of thing. I, I, I don't think it. They've got too much because, yeah, they, they to me, it, it's looking at it on a, on a business side of it. They know if they screw it up, people are going to be like, nah, sorry, Disney. I'm not going to give you, yeah, I'm not going to keep subscribing to Disney plus. But if they like the first show, guess what? You'll keep paying that right. <laughs> to keep watching it. And they know right then. All they got to do is kind of like um, like She-Hulk. You know how everybody right. was like how they are with Daredevil right now. And then when you saw the trailer, you was like, oh, my God, this is better than what I thought. You know, I, I don't know about that. There's been a lot you of controversy know, with the CGI part right. of it. Because of the fact that, you know, the CGI aspect, but of course you know this. Yeah. Whenever you look at a teaser trailer, for example, <laughs> yeah. it, your, your special effects are not done yet. So therefore they can't mm-hmm. apply it into the trailer to give you that look. But I promise you yeah. they're going to probably touch that up. Oh. It's just that they're like, but it, no one was really glamoring and wondering where the She-Hulk trailer was. But I'm yeah. thinking that the studios are like, you know what? Let's go in and push this out. We have Obi Wan yeah. dropping soon, so yeah. let's go on ahead and drop this out and let everybody know. Hey, look! Don't forget, we have another Marvel property coming out, which is She Hulk. But yeah. going off of what you said about Daredevil and stuff like that, and by the way, I want. By the way, I'll give you my Vimo information so you can give me the money that you promised that you just. Showed. Hey, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing, though. I like I love Charlie Cox. I'm glad that he's coming back. I'm glad Francis D'Onofrio is coming back as Kingpin. Yeah. I also too, Disney is more of a family oriented thing as well. And mm-hmm. the thing that I'm scared of is the fact that we're so used to having this R-rated mature content yeah. for Daredevil, and it's going to be watered down. And this is also the same thing that John Bernthal said too. Regarding uh, the Punisher and everything yeah. to do, he's like, "I'm not coming back if it's just going to be a watered down version of what we got, yeah. what it is." And these two characters, to me, I wish that Kevin Feige would do this: yeah. is have a Marvel Knight Studio separate from the Marvel Universe. Oh gosh! And yeah. have your Reddit R characters in a studio based off of those Reddit R characters. You can have Ghost Rider, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, blade all in one umbrella and then you can use them in like little small nuggets into the MCU just sprinkling them there and there yeah but mm-hmm. 
it's just something that I'm worried about. I'm hoping that the tone stays the same and it's a continuation of where the Netflix series left off at. Now, if you want to go on ahead later on, after you finish off the Netflix stuff, and then you want to go ahead and go drop it into the MCU stuff, go ahead and do that. I just would like to see a finished uh, property of the Netflix series. Right. Where they left um, off at. Yeah. They, and it, it's a real slippery slope, if you will. You know, it's kind of like they know they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't kind of thing. So, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> uh, and I, I would think that if they just rebooted it, yeah, you're going to get a lot of people mad and upset. But for the people that's brand new to it, that you know, because honestly, you know, there's in in the movie business, uh, a day is equal to a year, basically. I mean, it's just that time span of people's memories are kind of sort of kind of short term, except for comic book fans. We know our stuff, <laughs> you know, we really know right. it. Uh, it's kind of like asking Star Wars people, you know, we. We know our timelines, you know, and even, but it's like, but for somebody that's just getting into watching comic movies or something, and if they, if they rebooted it, all right, well, let's see what you do. Let's see any reboot, but it's kind of weird if they did it that way, because there's so much. Now there's like a soft reboot. Yeah. It's like a soft reboot. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with. Yeah. As long I'm, as you're giving us context. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that I think would not get so many hardcore comic fans so upset type right. thing. You know what I mean? If it was, if if I was Disney, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I was Disney, I would be doing this podcast from the Bahamas, but you know. <laughs> Me too. I could use something yeah. tropical in my life. Uh-huh. But, right. You know, I just think that it, I, it's like I want to be excited, but at the same time, I want to know what I'm getting. I want to know more concrete stuff of what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thing. I was always taught to question things before getting excited about something. And if that emptiness is there of like, what am I getting excited for? What's my anticipation yeah. going to be? Now, if you go ahead and get the, of course, of uh, we wind up, I find up finding out that they just got the writers and stuff like that too today. Yeah. Well, so they got them. I forgot the writers and everything, but they do have some type of involvement. At least they have that said and done. But Good. at the same time, it's like, what's the tone? What's that going to be like? And how does it connect into a cohesive story with the MCU? That's the mm-hmm. big question. Yeah. And oh. I, I mean, Honestly, just I really do think that it's going to be like, you know, going from rated R ratings <laughs> from like a rated R thing to like PG-13 type thing. Uh, and the reason I say that is because it, doesn't Disney have like the original Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and all that on their app are going to? Yeah. No, they already have them. They already have all the Daredevil stuff, all the Jessica okay. Jones stuff. All that is yeah. on their app is just under the parental guidance uh, 
You see, on, on yeah. The okay, so and, see that right. tells me right there that they've already laid groundwork and they haven't had an exodus of people <laughs> uh, you know, canceling their right. subscriptions. You know what I'm saying? So right. to me it sounds like Disney was doing that and testing the waters to see how far they could probably push it to, you know. That's one way of looking at it. I didn't look think of it in that kind of context. Mm-hmm. Everything too. So thank you for bringing that part up because I've, yeah. I didn't look at it from that kind of thing. I looked at it from a consumer aspect and also to the right sure. going back over to Disney. So I looked at it yeah. in that direction. I didn't think of it into another part of the consumerism where basically you wind up getting um, the mature content and seeing how that goes without people unsubscribing. So that's actually a good call on that. Um, but let's go on ahead. I want to move on into uh, the fans declaring full Marvel boycott over series falling Sam Wilson's replacement. But also, too, this also go. It's not so much as the replacement or anything like that. Um, basically, what I want to talk about is this. A lot of fans are actually in an uproar because of the fact that Piggy Carter, which made a small cameo in Doctor Strange, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but... She does make a small cameo appearance. As a matter of fact, her stupid shield shows up on the poster of Doctor Strange. Look closely yeah. to see the shield. So the Brit- Britain uh, flag shield is actually implanted onto the uh, onto the poster. But people are in uproar because of the fact that giving Peggy Carter a TV series or a movie instead of yeah. giving it over to Sam. Which is Falcon. Yeah. And I here's the thing. There's two sides of the coin that I see here. First part, I can understand that I'm getting mad because of the fact that it's been since March of 2021 that yeah. they announced that they were going to go ahead and do a, another Falcon and the Winter show or just another Captain America show. We haven't seen anything, any kind of news reports regarding anything since then. So I can mm-hmm. understand them getting into an uproar because we haven't heard anything. And right. then also, too, we have Peggy Carter, who made her appearance in the What If series. And, of course, everybody's been glamoring for a Peggy, Peggy story. Anyways, mm-hmm. because they're her, because I think, what, she got two seasons and then they canceled it? Yeah. Or yeah. was it one season that they canceled? I think it was two. Uh, two, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Season, they, she only had two seasons and they canceled it. And people have been glamoring for a Peggy story, but at the same time, Pretty much that has been faded away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, everybody is now yeah. clamoring for a Falcon and Winter Soldier show and not yeah. wanting a Peggy show that much anymore. At least from what I know. Yeah, there might be a small amount of fans. I mean, sure. if you're one of those fans, you're one in a million out of a billion people. <laughs> you're right. only one. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, only one come on. Yeah. But what, what do you right. think, though? Okay. So. You know, from what I know is that Anthony Mackie, the guy who played Falcon, right, he is building um, a major studio in Louisiana. I'm talking, this is a monster of a studio. And this is coming from other filmmakers and studios that I know in Louisiana. They're like, good God, when he's done with this, 
I mean, the the projects from insider information is like it, it's just an endless thing that he could do. He could never ever have to work for Disney for the rest of his life. The only reason he would want to do it or work for Become Falcon again is one, if they paid him a lot of money, which they would, but uh, two, if he wanted to, you know, reprise that character and say, yes, all right, I want to do it because I love it so much. Other than that, he's got his future made. (laughs) Right, and Anthony has signed on to do more Falcon stuff if they decide that they wanted to do it. So, Mm -hmm. basically, what you wind up doing as a director or a studio, you wind up making these actors sign a contract, and and it's just in case that you Mm -hmm. want them to come and do a show. It's not guaranteed Mm -hmm. that it's going to happen, but it's just in case of anything. But they made the announcement, so it's a sure thing, but what's happening with it? It's just right. like the Blue Beetle movie it's, that for the yeah. DC. I was like, oh, good. We finally got a Latino character that people can actually, something that can represent yeah. them. And you don't hear anything more about it. It's swept underneath the rug. I know. So uh, it's the same thing with this, too. Yeah. It, it sounds like to me there's like some higher up. It, to me, it sounds like politics up in Disney, politics and. Uh, somebody probably got mad at somebody about something and it was like, well, I ain't got to do this show. I can do this show, you know, or to me, that's what it kind of feels like to me. It's, it seems like they're like, well, this one can go over here and well, I'll just concentrate on this one, you know, uh, and then it's up to everybody else to try to make it interesting for consumers like us to watch it, you know, but we're all sitting here screaming, you know, please give us more Falcon, you know, (laughs) but But it's all about, yeah, uh, up in that world, she knows. Also too, is about fitting the tone and the narrative of the story that you want to tell. And if that character fits the narrative of your story though, too, but at the same time, give us something to actually go on though. Yeah. Yeah. At least update people on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe, I believe that they, I, if I was them, I would, yeah, you know, I would tell, just give something out there, you know, um, but usually if they're that quiet, they're going to do a big release about something or they just have no news they want to release out yet. Uh, there's got to be in the movie world. There's always a real reasoning why something has happened and why something has not happened. <laughs> right. There's always something there. Now, whether we will ever find out the truth? Probably not, but <laughs> you know. This is true as well. So let's go on ahead and go into our last story that we have. And this is basically Stan Lee's MCU cameos could return using CGI and old footage after New Deal. This comes from ScreenRant.com and After a new deal linked between Marvel Genius Brands and POW Entertainment, Stan Lee's 
Marvel Cinematic Universe cameos could return with CGI and old footage. The long-running comic book franchise has built this foundation on a number of iconic characters created by Lee and artist Jack Kirby, namely Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, Chris Hemsworth, Thor, and Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. The film have also included Lee and Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, and their most successful Marvel character, uh, Spider-Man, which has now technically been played by Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland within the MCU, thanks to the Spider-Man No Way Home. And then we also have, they're also saying Lee's involvement with the MCU wasn't regulated solely to the use of his character as the comic book creator, but become known for making cameo appearances in every MCU title, as well as other Marvel adaptations, including Sony's various Spider-Man franchises, Fox, X-Men films, and Disney's Big Hero 6. Though Lee would would die in 2018 at the age of 95, and he did film a number of films of cameos before passing, being featured um, and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, well, uh, MCU films and shows have taken to include Lee with the help of posters and magazines in various locations. It appears the future may now have a very different plan. The Hollywood Reporter has brought word that Marvel has signed a massive 20-year deal but generous brands, International Wit and POW, Entertainment Joint Venture, Stan Lee Universe to license the likeness of Lee in future films and TV production, as well as Disney theme parks, merchandising, and more. The new deal does open the door for Stan Lee's MCU cameos to return in the future with the use of CGI and old footage, though the inside source note that decision has yet to be made by the studios involved. Genius Brand CEO and Chairman Andy Hayward wrote about the deal in the following statement. It really ensures that Stan, through digital technology and archival footage, archival, uh, footage and other forms, will live in the most important venue, the Marvel movie, movies and Disney theme parks. It is a broad deal. So Lee's MCU cameos were one of audience's favorite parts of the long-running franchise, the possibility of the late comic book creators return via CGI and old footage is sure to be met with divided response from fans. Disney previously tried to a uh, similar tactic with Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and a Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker to include Carrie Fisher. And I'm going to get to that in a minute about what the difference is with that. Um, Grand Marf Tarkin, for their stories, both were met with very mixed to negative responses from critics and fans alike with the CGI described as delivering an uncanny valley effect and the ethics of reviving late for films being called into question. So here's the thing with this. And there's a difference between deep faking and CGI and doing what you're doing with this. Yeah. And there's there's a difference here. Deep faking is basically you're taking an image of someone's face that was once young, Luke Skywalker, uh, for example, and you're putting it onto his onto this person's face. That's deep faking. Mm-hmm. You're, what you're doing is I understand you want to keep Stan's memory alive. I understand that perfectly fine. Right. Right. But you're benefiting money and making money off of someone that's dead. Right. That's where uh, I have the problem yeah. with. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of like, all right, if if they were just doing it in 
a few movies. You know what I mean? Just like a, a sprinkle of, you know, like, look, we're just going to put a little, you know, stand here in this movie and, and maybe in the next couple movies we'll put a little bit of stand, you know, and leave it at that and do it tastefully. Don't make it like, you know, disrespectful. Just make it tastefully. Like if, you know, and it's like, oh, look, there he is. You know, wow, that's, that's you know, type of thing. But when you start talking about merchandising, that, and there's like figures and Funko Pops or whatever that, you know, and I, to me, that's taking it too far. That to me, personally, it's like, look, you know, I think honoring somebody like that you know um for, uh, for like for example um uh harold ramus in uh ghostbusters that was so tastefully done that was mm-hmm. the most beautiful tasteful thing that i've ever no seen dialogue. In film. yeah and so it's kind of like if they can approach it to being tasteful and not money you know, type thing of, you know, oh, you got to come see this movie. Why? Because Stan Lee is in it. We've, you know, done movie magic. And why? You know, it's like, that would piss me off, honestly. Well, um, look, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Crichton, but remember when the family members were treating Stan like crap? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before he died? Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about the Stanley estate in a sense, because yeah. now you know the estate is probably going to want money from that if yeah. this thing goes through. Yeah. And now they're benefiting off of his death, and then the studios and, and stuff like that is also benefiting off of his death. The theme parks are – you have this whole circle of people benefiting off of someone that's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like – I'm I fine mean, if they just show Stan in the background or if they show something sure. like that. No dialogue or anything like that. But to have him talking and, and even then though, even if you have him in the background too, I'm very mixed on him. like lukewarm with that type of thing right. because of the fact Harold Ramis' estate is fine. He was right. treated fairly. Mm-hmm. But because of what we know yeah. about the estate of Stan Lee, and the things that they were doing at that time is why mm-hmm. I don't feel that comfortable with it compared to Harold Ramis. Yeah. Yeah. It's- and really who they should ask. And I swear to you, this is exactly who they should ask and let a decision be made with this one person is Kevin Smith. Because Stan Lee has said it to him before and there's been... Uh, Jason Muse and other people has where Stan Lee told him, said, I look at you, Kevin, as a son I never had, uh, you know, and Kevin Smith just absolutely when, you know, Stan passed away. Yeah, I mean, it destroyed Kevin Smith. You know, I mean, he was just lock, stock and depression, like if he was your real dad, you know, and if they're going to profit or do something they ought to ask somebody who he thought of as a son like you know 
don't mean to put Kevin Smith under the gun, but no. honestly, you know, it, that's the way I, I, him I and, that's just the way I feel, you know? Right. Because here's the thing. Him and Stan had major respect for each other, especially whenever mm-hmm. on the set of mall rats. Yeah. And that's where he actually made his cameo appearance. And him and Stan just had a collab. They, when you have that chemistry with somebody, it just hits. Yeah. And the one person that would actually understand is Kevin Smith. Yeah. But to mm-hmm. benefit off of this person's death and some yeah. merchandise, I don't feel comfortable with that. Right. Like I said, there's a difference between deep faking, which is just basically Benj- I call I used to call it the Benjamin Button special effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of doing yeah. things. Yeah. And CGIing somebody's face on top of that person, even though that person is not who they really are. It's just Mark Hamill's face on somebody else. That's right. fine because you don't have dialogue. You're not you're all you're doing is mimicking somebody's movement versus yeah. talking and speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I mean and you also make up a good point though, too, Crichton, with the pops. Because at first I didn't think about that because I fit, back whenever he was alive, I was like, okay, I'm fine with that because of the fact he's not dead or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that you should go ahead and remove all Stanley Pops or anything either, yeah. because we as fans want to have something to close sure. to our hearts about with Stan. So, yeah. but also too, you're also feeding the machine. So it's like, mm-hmm. damn if you yeah. do, and damn if you don't, kind of situation. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I agree, and it's just, um, you know, like if I was watching, I don't know. I'd, a new Marvel movie, whatever was coming out. And, and if I saw Stan Lee in the background and one of the, the main star or the co-star, whoever was in this Marvel movie, just kind of walked past him and bumped this person. And he was like, Hey man. And if I heard that old, Hey man, you know what he would do or something, I would be like, Oh wow, that's sweet. They took the, (laughs) from that audio of that, you know, I could live with that. You know, it'd be like, that would make me smile to be like, well, that feels like you're paying a little homage to the guy you right. know, that gave us this stuff. You know? But you know, this isn't the first time that I heard something about this. I don't know if you remember the, uh, James, uh, they were going to do the same thing with James Dean. What? Gonna, but, but it was going to be 10 times worse though. They were going to make brand new movies with James Dean. Good grief. Yeah. That's going a lot further. Then, than, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to really dive into it because this is not the first time I heard about it. Something like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is actually my second time hearing about a studio that wanted yeah. to benefit off of somebody's death by CGIing, um, not deep faking anything. And if you if you want to look learn learn the terms of deep faking and CGIing, go ahead and look that up. And everything yeah. you'll be able to find what you want, but and I'm talking to the audience. But you know, as far as this goes with James Dean and Stan Lee, no, let them rest. Yeah, yeah just they, yeah. they 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 lived a good life. Yeah, let, that's right. Let them rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let them be and let their legends live on. And that's the way I look at it. And and uh, it's just. 
I don't know. To me, it just seems like they they it's a bad call. I think if they did it, um, or if they did a uh, if they did it anyway. Uh, they're going to catch a lot of heat from a lot of people about it. You know, I mean, it's... The way I see it, too, is if they do this with Stanley, you're going to lose the fans. hmm Yeah. You're going to lose the fans. The billion-dollar machine that they once were is going to be gone. Not saying mm-hmm. that yep. they're not going to lose fans now, because, right. just, because here's the thing. We actually had mixed reviews with um, Doctor Strange. Right. Hold on, we actually have a comment real quick. TJ, John, I have may have a video for you to check out about this very topic. It's about how studios could use a defake to have actors appear in the movies without having to pay them. Oh my god. Yeah, dude, send that over to me and I would like to actually do a continuation of this. That would be great. Just uh, DM me and my personal, um, my personal page, man. Go on ahead and do that. Yeah. Because I would like to actually cover that that's just sad that somebody would actually benefit off of somebody else's debt like that and not mm-hmm. even pay them. That is yeah. really screwed up. Yeah, that is. That goes to yeah. show you how ass backwards that some mm-hmm. people are thinking. Yeah. Excuse my language, but that, that just is. pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. Man. But I, I, all I can do and say is I hope they make the right decision. Do you yeah. know, honestly, I, I really, really do. I hope they don't, you know, they're, it's not some idiot that's got a lot of power. And it's like, yay, we get, <laughs> you I'm know, sure Kevin Feige would be respectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he's a decision maker. Yeah. So I'm thinking that he would actually might decline or have some type of clauses inside of clauses into the contract mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. too. I was like, yeah. okay, well, you need to go ahead and readjust the contract out and everything, too. So that's another thing that yeah. I think about is the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to bring out this one thing, though, about, you know, like I was mentioning before, there were mixed reviews with Dr. Strange and mixed, uh, and not with movie reviewers, well, even with movie reviewers like me or fans, there was mixed reviews. Yeah. And everything, too. And I've also talked to my uh, brother-in-law and everything, he goes, I'm starting to get a little bit of comic book fatigued. Right. As an audience, because he's just an average moviegoer. Yeah. And he goes, you mean to tell me I have to watch all these Disney Plus shows Yeah. and keep up with everything? Because I don't have time for that. I said, either that or you just bring someone like me and I'll just explain everything, break everything down to you. Mm-hmm. But... I can understand that. I can understand yeah. people straying away from the content, though. Yeah, because it's too much. I mean, to keep up with. I mean, it's like, yes, God, example, even, you know. Well, even with Brandy, for example, I was like, "So, do you want to watch some of the MCU movies?" <laughs> the, yeah, right. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I like them, but I don't like them enough to go through the whole entire catalog and crunch through them. <laughs> It's like lifting right. weights and putting a hundred pound weight on it when you only can lift ten pounds. Right. And it's yeah. like, okay, this is too much for me. I'm gonna have to slowly digest this. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But you know, I. But this is just going off the fact that you know, yeah, they can lose business with 
doing something like this with Stanley. And then also, too, mm-hmm. you also have the fact that this is not a go- it, for Some people are saying, oh, well, this is not co- cohesive. The MCU is not cohesive right now because of how everything's being run with the Disney Plus shows, plus what they saw on Doctor Strange. But my thing is this, and I'm just going to give you everybody a little insight a little bit. And to get and just to think for a minute, just to question this and let us stick with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna trying to get you to change your mind. But if you think about the very first Iron Man, if you think about the very first setup, that wasn't cohesive. Mm-hmm. That that was just a setup for other characters. Yeah. And this is them setting up certain things. So therefore, at the very beginning of phase one, there was not really a cohesive uh shared universe just yet. It was just yeah. them setting up the puzzle pieces. Just, mm-hmm. So, yeah. think of it on that narrative. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to get, but, you know, I just thought of some, uh, some things. Sure, like that. yeah. Because, but, uh, you know, yeah. it, it makes you think, uh, I guess, you know, collectively about, about it all, you know, from <laughs> from the first Iron Man to, you know, where we are now. and it's it get, it gets kind of confusing really it does i mean and that's not coming from just me as an old man but like from people that's your age john and people that are even younger it's kind of like well wait a minute what happened between that you know between this and this you know and it's like right. well if you've got about 3 weeks of your life you can watch all of this in order <laughs> For about three weeks, and you'll get it. And it's like, no, you know. And by the way, after this, I'll be teaching in a Marvel MCU class where you can yeah. match up all the timelines, and that will be a five-hour <laughs> class. Oh yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Get the discount code Movie Lovers Unite at Skillshare. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's everything that I had wanted to cover as far as this goes, man. I do appreciate you coming on the yeah. show and everything. I really do appreciate that. Guys, you know what to do. Go ahead and hit that like button, comment button below. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification button on the bottom right-hand corner. Allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out. Get yourself some stuff from my merch store. We have t-shirts for crying out loud. For crying out loud, get yourself a t-shirt. The link is below. I have all the stuff that you need to follow me in the links below. You know what to do. And always until next time, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Crichton. And have a great and safe night, everybody. And bye-bye.